Whoa, there you are. Okay, hello, and welcome everyone <laughs> to the True North podcast. This is my anchor with a guest, and I couldn't be more excited that my first guest today on the True North podcast is Jessica Rose. Uh, Jessica, or Reverend Chaplain <laughs> Jessica, actually Knight, um, <laughs> is the executive director and founder of Revolution, which is an advocacy for women. She is a trauma survivor, and she also was recruited into trafficking. Her mother was also a traffic survivor, and along with overseeing all of FIRE's programs, Jessica primary focuses uh, her trauma-informed care, bringing awareness to the social issue of human trafficking and women's self-defense. So you've got quite a resume there, Jessica. And I, of course, on uh, had a different um, last name for you, so my apologies if that oh my is... Goodness, that's my um, middle name. <laughs> okay. I, okay, thank you. Um, so, well, let's just really jump in here. Fire, freedom is for everyone. Yes. Acronym. And I will just go ahead and say that in my uh, a couple other podcasts, I've said that anthropic um, side of what I do is called Unicorn Way. And I've been blessed enough to join forces with Jessica and Fire. And we just had a leadership retreat, bringing in the leaders of FIRE, because now the goal is um, to have sponsored retreats for women that uh, and her organization go out and work with. And before I babble anymore, why don't I just ask, please why don't you tell us more about what FIRE is? So FIRE is, like you said, it's, it's a women's advocacy. Um, just my journey, like literally in my own healing, um, just trying to find purpose. Like when you go through such extreme trauma and, and darkness in this world, like how do you come out of it? And, you know, it's just, it's, it's the hero's journey. It's the survivor's journey. It's the champion's journey in in self-discovery which is you know one of the things i love about true north is is what it stands for it's it's that compass that you talk about and and finding our true north our truth and who we are yeah that authenticity that comes when we when we connect with that inner compass it is absolutely beautiful and that you do is so powerful and so you would say that this is your true north mission. Did we lose her? Hello. Welcome back, Jessica. <laughs> it could be my end as well. We have a storm. We're monsoon season up oh. here in Sedona. And so the good news is we're we're not live, so I can piece these these sections together. So we're all good. There's no pressure. This is all um, because we love to do. It. I was saying before we um got disconnected. So you would say that that you found your true north mission. I have yes. 
And so for yeah. me, it's more about, so my mom being a traffic survivor and, and just, you know, as a child of a traffic survivor, um, being raised with, you know, not knowing her identity and, and, and just her dealing with her past and then trying to be a mom and, and a wife and, you know, becoming an American because she's originally from the Philippines um, and just, you know, watching her suffer and thinking that if my mom had a community of women that she could connect to, would it have, you know, ha- would it have made not only her life better, but mine and my siblings as well. And then yeah. the history of, um, you know, when your ancestors come from a background of, trafficking or domestic violence and you know abuse how do we move forward as moms as women when we have our own children in 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 stopping that cycle uh, from entering into their life and just you know just researching and finding out how to to provide opportunities not just for um, for other women that have gone through trafficking, you know, to assist them and walk with them or come alongside them in that journey of healing, uh, but ha- helping them find love and acceptance and um, again prevention. My biggest thing is is prevention. As you said later in life, I was recruited by a, a trafficker and escaping and it you know when I escaped it wasn't it didn't the story just didn't end there the incident didn't end there that particular trafficker for the last 11 years continues to find me and reach out to me and reconnect with me and and it doesn't matter how many times I've told him I'm not interested do not contact me he still you know it's all about intimidation and and whatever is going on in his head and how do you move forward again with that and and be a light in your community and, and live your true north. So um, yes, yes. I mean, I'm in there. I'm right in the trenches with the ladies. I'm not just um, not just a, you know, person that says do as I say, I, I'm living it, I'm walking it. And it's that authenticity that we talk about um, in, mm-hmm. in the in the struggle in the battle. Yeah. And you know, that's why even in the introduction, you know, I didn't know that night. It, so there's a lot of protect yeah. at our retreat. You know, we've, you just can't be taking pictures of everyone and wanting to promote something, even though you're passionate about it because the protection, it's very real that the aftercare has to be um, careful and, and loving and, and protected because yes. it is a very difficult process to get the strength to leave and then to go through the healing process and then, you know, come out and speak, speak on it. So it's something that um, is very, very, very important. And I know that you guys do, you guys are out on the streets. Can you tell the audience a little bit about what it's like going out and and what your beautiful crew of women when you get together um, and the bracelets and kind of what your outreach looks like? Yes. So um, our Phoenix Fire Outreach right now at the moment, we are expanding. We're actually going to do some Internet outreach and some street outreach, hopefully in the near future. The Super Bowl is also coming to town. 
Um, so we'll combine our different outreaches um, to be able to outreach to the women that are coming, that, you know, they're coming into town that are being trafficked or have been recently recruited and all that kind of stuff. So right now mm -hmm. we're just doing a strip club outreach. Um, my focus is I want to be able to make a connection uh, to every woman um, that has been trafficked or has experienced domestic violence or, you know, some type of sexual violence um, and prevent recruitment. We have an anti-recruitment campaign going on so that if the ladies are being recruited um, by a, a, either trafficker, drug trafficker or a, a sex trafficker, um, there are resources here in the city of Phoenix that they can talk to. We have some national resources too I've reached recently um, connected with. So at the moment, um, there's 50 clubs in Phoenix, 50 uh, strip clubs. And the way that Phoenix is set up is that I forget what year it was that, you know, the city of Phoenix government decided they would, that was it. You can, you know, there, there are no more clubs, no more, we're not opening any new clubs. So if you wanted to open mm -hmm. a strip club, you'd have to buy one, um, one that's closed or, you know, one that's open, however it works. So we focus on um, 11 clubs in like the East Phoenix, East Valley area. Uh, we go in once a month. We, you talk about the bracelets. The bracelets are made by our advocates um, as well as survivors. Um, lots of love is poured into them. And then we also um, have gifts for the ladies uh, that have our card. We have an outreach card that was designed specifically for these outreaches that refers them to our advocacy website where the ladies can, you know, they can learn about our resources, our podcasts, our partners. Um, again, lots of love and, and you know, not only just prevention, but um, if they're in a situation, um, you know, any type of, of, of uh, violence, any type of, you know, where your intimate partner is abusing you, um, you can get resources for that. So we have a hotline. The hotline is not manned 24 hours. I was asked about that. Um, we want, we have a virtual center. Uh, we don't have a physical location because again of the dangers and, and this particular trafficker that still looks for me. So we're virtual, yeah. um, but you can talk to somebody. So we go into, uh, we've again, anointing favor of God, we get into 11 strip clubs in the East Valley. We've been doing it for almost nine years. It'll be nine years in um, October. And we, like, we go into the dressing rooms. We talk to the ladies. Um, the team is comprised of, you know, of a variety of, of ladies, a variety of advocates that, you know, I have some of my Krav Maga instructors that go with us, uh, domestic violence survivors, human trafficking. We are survivor led. And um, we, the ladies love us. Like I've recently got to talk to owners and bouncers and even a house mom about who we are and our anti-recruitment uh, campaign. And again, the idea is to let the ladies know that they're loved and if they need anything at all, that we're here for them. Um, and, uh, and consistency, our biggest thing is that we're consistent. <laughs> so funny, I, um, one of the clubs asked us, um, you know, the girls were all excited. They're like, is it the end of the month yet? have the ladies have the fire ladies come yet and so they look Aww. forward to when we come 
Um, and, you know, we do. We just shower them with gifts and, and the, like I said, the bracelets and we share our stories and, and, and we connect in that way. And because my biggest thing is, yeah, we can go and visit all 50 clubs if we wanted to. But how am I going to develop a relationship with each of those ladies? I mean, yeah. we're dealing with four or five hundred ladies as it is. And again, yeah. and not to spread ourselves thin, but to focus on each one of them and to let them know that we're genuine and authentic. It's just so powerful. It really just support that's non-judgmental so that if there becomes a time when you're ready to move out or if you are being targeted, you have a resource. There are people that are out here that, that without judgment are, are there. So powerful. So powerful. And I, you know, I've seen firsthand, I'm going to interview Michelle on, on Wednesday and her story yes. is so powerful, which is really going from surviving to thriving, mm-hmm. which in, I think mm-hmm. my last podcast a book that I highly recommend is a book by Pete Walker called surviving to thriving. And you know, there is law. So I wanted to ask you, are you seeing it? Would you say that trafficking is an epidemic? Yes. Uh, yeah. I've, you know, I'm writing my book, uh, The Fire of Evolution, A Revolution for Healing. And so I've gone back and I've interviewed some of the, um, you know, people that have helped me, not just in my own healing and in my journey, but, you know, in helping a, a victim um, or, a, a, you know, a woman who is in a, you know, an intimate partner, um, violent relationship, Um so I've reached out to some of the people that are, you know, they do this in other parts of the country. They do the internet um, outreach. They're doing the street outreach in California and they're seeing an increase, not on the streets anymore, but on the internet. And yeah. I know, you know, that Backpage was recently shut down. And so now mm-hmm. how has this exploded, but it's exploded on different platforms, <laughs> And so I'm excited. I'm excited to get reinvolved in that and, and to be able to reach out to a woman that may be, you know, being trafficked here in my city and provide her, again, that same website that we have to assist her. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such powerful work. And I, I think that, well, my history with that whole whole world was that I never met a stripper or a hooker or anybody in the industry that wasn't sexually, physically, or verbally abused um, in some way, shape, or form. Or something that made them vulnerable to uh, being trafficked. There was yes. something, there was, there was something there with, and that, that has been a hundred percent. And if somebody's listening out there, that, but that could very, I mean, that's your story. I've just never met one that hasn't had some sort of trauma at an early child. Um, and so empowering women with self-esteem or even, and even parents. So that's really what I wanted to talk to you about too, is when you're out there spreading the message and, and parents to show them signs or clues because they may not even know that, um, and when I talk about the trauma, they 
maybe there's somebody bullying them or there's something that's that's bringing up something that's low self-esteem and these predators come in that these predators know they have they smell it so what are maybe some of the things that you could tell parents out there right now that um, they could be talking to their their daughters about and sons. I don't want to leave the boys out of this. I know that this happens to young men as well. Yes, and so statistically, it, I think the last time my statistics are you know they're a little bit older. I think it was 2020 um, when I was working on a homeland security case. Um, the you know the numbers have shifted. The demand for young men has gone up. It used to be like 99 percent women. And so the demand, mm-hmm. and this is where the epidemic is coming from. The demand for yeah. young, you know, minors has increased. And uh, I, I want to share, parents understand that right now recruitment is not illegal. Law enforcement can got, not get involved because your child is talking to somebody. Law enforcement can only get involved if there is a law broken. And so it's like my, my mission, like my passion is to for parents to be that subject matter expert in their household yes. in the family unit and to be okay to you know get involved and, and message the trafficker or however it works uh we were working in a foster care home and you know you're dealing with young women whose parents aren't really involved and they're on social media and one of them shared with me how she was being harassed by a 35-year-old man. And I'm like, have you not, why haven't you told anybody about this? And so I gave her some, some tips, but um, I love that our city, the city of Phoenix, the city of Mesa, Gilbert, um, I, I'm partnered with the city of Mesa uh, Family Advocacy, their victim services, and there are resources if your child is being harassed. And so it's good to let law enforcement know, but also to know that, again, law enforcement cannot get involved until there's a transaction of some sort, or again, some law um, having sex with a minor, you know, these types of things. And and just how predators are really um, lurking out there. They know, I mean, they're trained. I cannot believe I'm even saying that that the predators are trained, whether they're um, a pedophile or a, a sex trafficker trying to recruit a young individual in, they, you know, there's, there's a circuit there and they're trained on how, what to look for. And, you know, then again, that's just, it's part of the workshop that I do. So for parents watching your kids on what they're doing on social media, who are they talking to, having that uncomfortable conversation that, hey, if any anyone ever asked you for nudie pictures, please, I promise you, I won't be ashamed if you tell me because that's how they get the young people. I, I you know, I've, I've referred cases to the FBI on, on re, uh, perpetrators trying to recruit and they start, they start with, you know, um, they start with that low self-esteem and building them up and trying to be their friend. So parents, it's up to us. It's up to us to take a stand, to protect our kids, to have that uncomfortable conversation. And when your child comes to you to ensure that your response is in love, compassion, and grace, and not in any way 
to to shame them. Like a lot of kids are so afraid to tell their parents or a friend, you know, if you have teenagers, if you're listening, uh, if you have a friend that's going through something, um, supporting them and talking to their parents as well, it's very important. Um, and so understanding that uh, when, so recruitment, and then also the other thing is um, watching items that they suddenly come like they bring into the house, like a, an expensive purse mm -hmm. or expensive shoes, mm -hmm. something you know that they don't have the money for, their allowance. So being mindful of that. And again, when you approach your child, make sure it's done in compassion and love and that you're concerned that you love them. Um, and it's it's the best way. Like I'm, you know, bringing up superhero movies. I don't know if you guys remember in the Eternals. <laughs> um, love protects and you protect what you love. And so um, watching those kinds of things. And even if your child kind of, you know, if they, you see a, a shift in their behavior, they're all of a sudden withdrawn and very depressed, um, getting help, uh, getting help for them, maybe being able to talk, you know, reach out to the school counselor um, and asking them to reach out to the child and talking to your child's friends saying, hey, you know, is, is Beth okay? Is, is, you know, like what's going on? I'm really concerned for her. So just reaching out and again, um, coming back to being the protector of the family unit, as well as the subject matter expert. It's just me. When it comes to these types of things, I want my child to know that I am here for them. And that, you know, you're like, it's good for the school to know, but do you really want your child going to a teacher or a youth pastor? No, you really want them coming to you with these types of things so that you know how to handle it. And as a parent, just know that there are tons of resources for you and how to deal with this and how to move forward. And, you know, if you ever are going through something like that and you need somebody to talk to, I've done this many, many times in helping parents find the resources that they need. Um, to to not just deal with it themselves because that's traumatizing, but help your child too. Well, I think that it's it's especially with parents like you're doing the best you can. You you have you know you think that you're you're doing the best by your child, but they're being so bombarded, especially having access the phones and twenty four seven mm -hmm. internet, the phone in the hand. There's so much information that can come at um, a young child. And, you know, that's a tough age regardless of, of anything. You're, you know, self-esteem is something that, and kids can be so cruel to each other. You know, with the Instagrams and all this stuff that other people might be living and you live up to that. I think that, you know, if, if, if you're presented with an opportunity um, for money and, there's a lot of enticement out there and the way that they go about it is very, I mean, they're predators. Truly. I know that I'm going to go back to when I was, you know, I was 20, 21 when, um, to a parent. while that lasted six to eight months, I remember so enticed by the money and you know it was a fast it was fast life and it was it seemed kind of fun but it's not 
And it is a decision that would change the course of my life in such a major that I still, and that's why I do the work I do with the horses and, and having an alliance with you is because I know that someone like me or you mm-hmm. look, I know that it feels and maybe looks this way, but it's not. You can never take this decision back. And it's going to be like, yeah, I just wish that I'd had support. Like you said that you wish, like, what would your mom? And and my mom was an alcoholic. I didn't grow up with her, but that certainly played into my self-esteem issues that I would, that I would become, you know, prey to these predators. So there, there is no shame. This is actually epidemic this is quite common and so um when i said earlier that everyone that i had met in the industry had had some sort of trauma i just think everybody i just think every family gets some trauma and that can affect each individual differently it's a sliding scale but it's everywhere and so to take away from mental illness um or just if you're having a tough time to take the stigma away from this is what's happening this is real so we are here and we will do everything that we can to keep being a voice for people that don't have a voice especially um people that are sold or born into this sort of environment and i Maybe kind of hard for people to wrap their brain around, but especially over in other countries, it is children are born into this, and you know, yeah, that's a newest newer epidemic of of women being impregnated for the purpose of trafficking. Yes, yes, their child. I mean, the, the unborn child is going to be trafficked. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're talking about in third world countries where there's no money, you know, to be off, I don't even know what the rate would be, but it, I would imagine it's more than they would make in something else. And that's why it's enticing. Yeah. And so that's just heartbreaking. Say that. But I, and also, Jessica, do you find that it's like, it's so hard to look at that that's maybe why it's become an epidemic is because it's just so hard to believe that it's actually this big of a, 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 a moneymaker on the planet. I think so. I think, you know, the, one of the questions that I get, which is still strange to me, is that, you know, I sit there and I talk about the stories and, and the recovery operations I've done here in Phoenix, and people say, does that really happen? And I'm like... Yes, 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 it does. And, you know, there, we have our tracks here in, in Phoenix. And by tracks, that means women that, that are, they're appointed a shift and a quota to meet. Uh, and they're, you know, they, they can't come back home until they've met that quota during their shift. And, and they're right there in plain sight. They're, you know, they're walking among mm-hmm. us. And why don't they just cry out for help is another question that I get. 
And so it, it surprises me that that there is a population, you know, within our own communities of people that just don't believe that it even happens. And, you know, when you get to hear Michelle's story about how she was just in a regular neighborhood and, you know, the yeah. people around her didn't even know what was going on. And, and I always tell yeah. people we're not hopeless and we're not helpless. There are ways to get involved. Um, uh, and, and so it's, I think it's, you know, it depends upon the individual and their capacity to understand something. And, and some people, it just, it just, it doesn't connect. It doesn't resonate. And, and, and that's okay. Like, you know, we all have our different um, designs and purpose. And, um, but again, the most important thing is to be, number one, be aware that it, it does happen. And if you mm-hmm. have any, any loved ones um, a sister, a brother, a niece, a nephew, grandchildren, um, you know, anyone under the age of 15, and, and our, our younger women, our, our college-aged uh, women, and, and just how everyone is vulnerable. And we are all responsible, I feel, as a tribe to, to watch over our young ones and to help um, those, you know, even college men in, in that, you know, may be vulnerable in, into the recruiting piece of it, as well as anyone that might come, we come in contact with, um, where we see that intimate partner, extreme violence, and, and how do I assist and say something, like where is my voice stand, and being able to say something, but still not putting myself or my family in danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a complex subject and there's yeah it's uh well you know a lot of the stuff i talked about is complex post-traumatic is in my this is just hand in hand with that it's complex there are so many ins and outs to the subject and and i think that for me just bringing awareness and you know i've been at restaurants where there there's placards in the window that we pay attention here so there is a a new awareness but i still think that it's really hard for people i will i'll just put it out there i think that a lot of families have a lot of secrets and we are conditioned yes. from a very young age to keep secrets for <clears throat> our family we 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 the shame and the guilt of, of deep-seated secrets in a family line, I think, also contributes to um, of trauma because there's a lot of epigenetic trauma and things that are passed down, which I suppose is what epigenetic means. But and and we're not we don't know this sort of thing, and then we, I mean, I can't even imagine having had the internet growing up and what that were um, for children having that much access to things. Yes. Cause I do, I do believe when I look out on the world, I try not to watch too much. I don't even, I mean, I don't have a TV or anything. Um, but, so that it's not, not being bombarded with stuff, but I do believe that children are being targeted and sexualized at a very young age through the yes. conditioning of the programming on TV. And yes. 
when you get a human's energy in their sacral, in their emotional center, and you have them thrown off their true north, don't even know which they don't even know how to get back on it because they never had time to discover what that would even have been. Right. Yeah. That's why I'm doing um, this work with with you at Fire and Michelle and all the wonderful women is so powerful because there is a true north for everybody and yes. you are worthy and it is yours and nobody has the right to take that from you. I agree. And I think, you know, yeah. we don't, so freedom for is for everyone and I don't want to limit, you know, it to adults. I mean, if you're a young person listening to this podcast and let's just say your family is not supportive of what you're going through, just understand that there are people out there to, to assist you. I mean, it, it just depends on, you know, where you're located, how you're listening to this. I believe that anyone that's meant to hear this, um, it, you know, will it will be put in their within their ears to hear it and to understand Absolutely. that even if your family's not supporting you, to know that you don't have to live that way, that you are loved, that God sees you, and that um, there's a way. There's a way to continue to grow in your dreams. So um, reach out to to yeah. Kim and I if that's something that might you might be going through if you're hearing this. Yeah. Absolutely. And there are so many beautiful women that in advocacies and, you know, there, there are so many of us that have gone from surviving to thriving. And it is now our divine mission, our divine purpose to be here and to support your voice and your growth and your healing without judgment so that you have a safe place to really explore your authenticity and what your oh, yes. yeah so it's so powerful beautiful. stuff yeah it is but it's been such a, a beautiful <laughs> coming together yeah it has yeah, I, I love really, it um, yeah I know I know and I would really love to have you back on update update something you know um, I'm in complete support of of what you do and to everybody that's listening, I will have links to how you can how you can you can find them on their website. I know uh, you've had a um, a new website done, which is uh, into the inferno. No, the advocacy is the firerevolution.com. Okay, fire. Okay, and so into the inferno is a just a section on that page. The, is into that the what inferno. I so if a woman is in need is uh the firerevolution.com is our uh, advocacy website for you know anyone that maybe need resources in the phoenix area as well as nationally i had to create a website separate for our volunteers and our donors um so that you know the victim or the uh, women that were coming to the website um, weren't confused on, um, like what, I don't understand, you know, how, why am I being, um, asked about volunteering? So I, I created a different website. So if you're interested in becoming a volunteer or donating to fire or learning about, um, what, what, how our partnership with true North, you can go to the, into the inferno.com under retreats. And then if you know a woman in need, 
um, or a child, you can refer them to thefirerevolution.com. Beautiful. And I will have those links in the description. Um, I'm so excited. It's been <laughs> something that I've been wanting to do for a while. And it's just so beautiful. You're the perfect first guest. I can't wait to um, interview Michelle as well. Her story is, like I said, this is just a, an amazing group of women that have gone from surviving to thriving. And that is living proof that there is life after trauma and that they're living their true north um, mission, divine mission, divine purpose. And so again, if there's, when you're hearing this and you, you want to reach out, please do not hesitate. We are here for you and we would love to support you in your healing journey. So with that, oh, I, you know what I did want to ask you about, um, uh, Jessica, was you have a project going on in another country where you're building some stuff. Do you want to maybe talk about that for a quick minute? Yes. So um, I have a really good friend, uh, Pastor Charles. We've been friends for about a decade. Uh, and his heart has, you know, very similar. It's been to reach out to women in the red light district in Baguri, Uganda. Um, we've been working on this project for 10 years and it finally launched this year where he bought the land to create an outreach center, a, a day resource center. So how do you create a center um, right next to a red light district to outreach to the women that are being trafficked in another country? Because a lot, like we're very, very fortunate in the United States. So in, in a third world country, how do you do that? And that's what we've been working on. And the other thing is that, you know, our survivor community, the fire survivor community, have been giving money or donating to build this center. So it's, and it's just, I, you know, I'm all about energy. You're all about energy. So it's a, it's a different type of energy when a survivor contributes a little bit of what she has to build a center that will help women uh, in another country uh, be able to, you know, uh, addiction. We want to have some addiction recovery, a place where they can get clothes and food and, and just encouragement, encouragement and medical, um, re, um, medical treatments and all that kind of stuff. So that's what we're working on in bigger. And uh, eventually we want to do an outreach. <laughs> we're working on doing an outreach in uh, July, I think, 2023 going uh, a team of survivors here uh, uh, will travel to Burguri and outreach to the ladies in that red light district. And is that on a another website or where can people find that you if they on, would like to? That one's on into the inferno.org. Okay. And I love the, the title. Again, I will have, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, oh, no, no, you're good. <laughs> Uh, into the inferno because like literally you're stepping into the fire with us so yeah yeah and again um if you would like to support if you go to patreon at unicorn way and again i'll have all these links but there is a, a really every tier on the patreon goes to the philanthropic side of what i do here at sedona horse medicine and that is to support fire that is everything um that my heart uh, is just 100 percent involved in and so sharing the horses and horses just have a way of healing they're healing trauma they're just an amazing uh group of horses here that 
Uh, I love sharing with people that are moving through trauma. So, and blockages and domestic violence, anything, anything that's, that's come up in your life. I mean, that's really um, what I do here. And so, you know, geared towards aligning with fire. So I am so thankful to have you in my life, Jessica, to have all you women in my life. And I look forward to all the miracles that are, are going to unfold as we yes. go forward in our mission together. Well, I know we feel the same way and that, you know, like I've had multiple discussions with Michelle about how important this, this, this program that we've put together in serving our survivor community in their journey. It's so beautiful. I love supporting you. I love supporting your beautiful heart, you know, and, and just how it aligns together. And so I'm just beyond grateful to have you in my life. I feel the same way. And thank you for being my first interview <laughs> on the new launch podcast. It's Yay. perfect. I will be interviewing. Yes, I'm so excited. I'll interview Michelle on Wednesday. And again, you guys come back as often as you would like to share all the good news. I know that there's going to be plenty. Yes. All right. I love you. Well, you have a beautiful yeah. evening. I love you too. Have a wonderful evening and uh, we will talk very soon. Yes. Bye. Be well. Bye. Good afternoon and welcome to the True North Podcast. I am your host, Kimberly, and I live in Sedona, Arizona with my magical herd of horses and my two wonderful dogs. Today we have a very special guest, Michelle Marie. She is the co-executive director of FIRE Freedom Center. Michelle is a trauma survivor of child trafficking and Celebrate Recovery leader, along with overseeing FIRE's Freedom Center located in the Prescott area. Michelle also focuses on love events. Phoenix Fire Outreach to the Clubs and Homeless uh, and Addiction Recovery Support. Visit Michelle's website for more information, which is at www.michellemarie.org. And now, let's start the show. <laughs> 